Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I am so excited that you're here. I'm your host, Katarina Kormas, Mindset and Success Coach for women who are ready to make the switch to living life their own way. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with women who have courageously stepped out of their comfort zone, overcame their fear, took bold action, and embarked on a new journey to transform their lives. This is where you get inspired to connect to who you truly are, to live authentically, stay true to your dreams, and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I'm Katerina, your host. And today I'm super excited to interview and introduce you to Erica Lehman. She is a multi-passionate individual. She um, works full-time, but she also is the owner of Sweet Alice Photography. She's a wedding photographer with beautiful, gorgeous pictures. So can't wait to share your her story with you um, and how she balances it all and her whole journey from um, wanting to do it all to cutting back, creating boundaries, and actually having an even more successful business than she imagined. So hi, Erica. Hi. How are you? Good. Welcome. <laughs> glad you're you. here. I have to tell you, I have wanted to interview you since I started the podcast in the fall because oh, I loved your story so much. In fact, I'm actually going to interview you again for season three for a whole other topic. But um, yeah, it's been on my heart to ask you, but I didn't yet know where y'all fit in. And then season two came and I was like, this is the time I want to share your story. Thank you. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about you, where you're from, your passions, how you came about to start a wedding business, wedding photography business. Tell us a little bit about you. Okay. So I live in the Hudson Valley, New York now, um, but I grew up in Boston. And so Boston obviously is like a very different place (laughs) than the Hudson Valley. Um, And I ended up here where I am now because of my husband but at the time it was just my boyfriend and we were like, okay, like we need to make some sort of a change here. Cause we were long distance dating for a while. And, um, I was happy to make that change because I felt like, Oh, like I've lived in Boston my whole life. Like it's fine for me to move. And, uh, at the time I actually did have my wedding photography business. So my business started, I guess it like officially started when I was in college. So I don't have a degree in photography. <laughs> my degrees are in business and music. Oh, wow. <laughs> and yeah. And I um, took one elective in college. I think it was like my junior or senior year for photojournalism. And I'll tell you, like, I loved doing it, but I think I failed every test in that class. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like the technical stuff, I, I, I couldn't like grasp it. And that happens to me often, like even when I was doing like music production classes, I couldn't grasp all of that stuff, like technical stuff completely eludes me. <laughs> and so I passed this class. It was fine. I think I got like an A or a B in this photojournalism class, but all the the stuff that wasn't actual image based, I did not pass. <laughs> so it's funny that I ended up here, like here I am like a wedding photographer and I teach other people about photo like business. But, whatever. And so um, I took that class. And then the next year, so I think it was my junior year. The next year, I started doing senior photos for like my friends just for like a cup of like Starbucks coffee, because that's like gold in college. And we were all like, so poor. (laughs) So I was like, hey, if you buy me a cup of coffee, I will be happy to take your photos. And, um, and eventually that kind of like grew. And then I was like, okay, I guess I can charge $30. I guess I can charge $50. And then from there, like went up to like weddings. So like a friend of mine asked me to do his wedding and then it kind of like moved forward from there. And so at that point, like I had grown my business, but it wasn't huge at that point. And I don't think I wanted it to be huge because I still wasn't sure exactly what I wanted for my business. And so um, when I moved here to the Hudson Valley, I was really able to identify the types of people I love working with, the types of weddings I love being a part of. And then from that kind of also like niche down into just weddings, just couples, because I don't do 
families anymore. I don't do um, babies. I'm like really bad at photographing babies, <laughs> and, like real bad. <laughs> and so like weddings are like my sweet spot. And I guess that's like where that brought me to now. So it's just kind of, it's just kind of evolved and I've just kind of like been along for the ride for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I call it the try and tweak method. Like you just keep yeah. trying until you, you tweak it. Oh, I don't really want to do that. Okay. I'll try this. Oh, I don't really yeah. want to. Oh, yes. This I like and keep yeah. going down until you got the, Oh, this feels so good. Yeah. And it's so funny because I think when you first go into any sort of business, especially photography, like you think like, I'm going to do everything and ev like anything that I can to get my name out there, which I think is a good thing. Like, I think you should always be ready to hustle, especially when you're like laying your foundation. But like, I mean, how many like 90th birthday parties can you photograph, <laughs> you know? And I, I have to tell you too, like the people that take these photos of like 90th birthday parties and newborns these are not my sweet spots I have so much respect for them I'm like oh my god I can't believe you can do that <laughs> it's like amazing to me but then they'll come to me and they're like I can't believe you do weddings and I'm like oh but weddings are like so energizing to me but for them like newborns are and parties are and it's just very different everybody's like gifts are different yeah yeah, yeah. It, it really is it, there's something for everybody mm -hmm. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. it's funny. I took a I took a photography course in college, and um, I was basically told by the guy like, "You probably shouldn't take any more pictures of people." <laughs> <laughs> but he loved my architectural like view of things. But he's like, "People, not your thing. Don't do it." <laughs> See, and that's so funny. And so that's funny you say that because my my parents were both artists growing up really? um, my yeah my my mom was not formally trained but my dad went to RISD for a few years mm -hmm. and he was so talented and I remember when I was growing up that my sisters had a natural talent for drawing and painting and I didn't and I was like what the heck and I would like draw these flowers and they would look like garbage <laughs> and so <laughs> like garbage and I was like what the heck and so it's funny that like I wanted, I so like desired this artistic talent, especially because I wanted to be like my dad and to have this point of connection with him. And my sisters had it. And I was like, what the heck? Like, what am I doing? So it's funny that it came back around like later on in my life. Like I didn't start doing this until I was 21, okay. where my sisters just grew up with this natural artistic ability. And I, here I am like drawing like little flower power flowers and thinking they're like legit. <laughs> You know, <laughs> you, had to, you had to wait for the inspiration, have wait for what was right for you. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It wasn't my time. Well, that's really interesting because I think we're always in the search of for what's our passion, what's our gifts, what's our talents, and we think we should know it. I remember my sister knew she wanted to be a teacher when we were like, I was, I think she was five. And I used to always have to be the student when we played school. And she always taught me, she always knew. And I was... I am now 39. I think it was like four years ago that I finally figured out what I wanted right. to be. And I used to beat myself up going, how do you not know? Everybody else knows. But it all comes when you get to a certain point, you know yourself and you're just kind of trying things out that it, it kind of the aha moment happens. It's different for everybody. That's right. And I think too, it happens when you allow yourself to not be dictated or defined by what you want to be defined by. Because I think it's very easy to say, like, I want to be a teacher, or I want to be a photographer, or I want to be a coach. But do you only have to be that? No. Yeah. Or like, can you change? Yes. You know, so I think there's always these different things where I think in American culture, we're, we're taught that labels are very good, mm -hmm. because that's how we, how we identify things like and people and what people do. But I don't think you only have to be one thing. And I don't think that you can only be that one thing if you are only one thing forever. You know, it's your choice. I love that. I do. I do. Because you're right. We are defined by you. Somebody asks you, the first thing somebody asks you is, what do you do? And right. That's right. By what you do. And I, we were just talking before we went live on, I remember having a full-time job and going to networking events. And I really didn't want to identify as the, the 
full-time job nonprofit fundraiser, but because I, I was also a coach and a massage therapist, but when somebody asks you what you do, you feel like you have to be one thing. And you're like, which hat am I wearing? Which one do I need to talk about? Because what if you sat there and you're like, I'm a nonprofit fundraiser and I'm a coach and I own a massage business and I <laughs> yeah, scared off. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that's bad. It's not. I think we've defined it as confusing. Yes. And you you seem, I think people come across thinking like, oh, you seem flaky. You don't even know what mm -hmm. you want to do when that's mm -hmm. not true. Yeah. Yeah. I always think. Uh, right. That's I think right. It's like, or I think. It oh, sorry. I think we had a delay there. Go no, ahead. That's okay. No, no, no. You go. No, I was thinking, you know, entrepreneurs, they say most entrepreneurs have like seven streams of income and they're not all from one type of thing. They're multi-passionate. They tried that, that worked. And they're like, oh, I want to try writing a book. Oh, I want to try this. Oh, I want to go speak on stages. Oh, I want to become right. a yoga teacher. You know, they just realize that they can be all multifaceted. That's right. And I think too, when we're nervous about telling people like everything that we have our hands in, if we do have like multi passions, we're nervous about people thinking like, oh, maybe she's not making enough money in this one thing. Maybe she has to bring on two things or three things. That's been my hang up in the past. Like maybe people think I'm poor. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because it's when we were growing up, if somebody worked two jobs, it was because they needed the money. It wasn't because they wanted to work two jobs. It was always, oh, they work three jobs. They have to have a night shift and a day shift to make the ends meet as opposed to, no, I kind of like owning a massage business and being a coach at the same time. That's right. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's interesting, like our perceptions. And I think that's changing now with like our generation a little bit um, with the, I guess, like millennials and you and I I think are at the very beginning of the millennial generation yeah where we like myself the end of the other generation okay <laughs> okay <laughs> I know I'm at the very beginning of millennials so and I think that that is cha has changed quite a bit for like this generation of people because yeah. we like to be doing many things and sometimes we have to be doing many things because we have to like make student loan payments and that kind of stuff. But sometimes we just really like it. You know, we like this generation has like very much so like an entrepreneurial bug. And yeah. I think that's a good thing. I think there's so many influencers out there, like the Sarah Blakely's of the yeah. world that, um, that inspire us to just keep doing what's on our hearts. That's right. I love her. I know. I know. She's so inspiring. I love her. She is. She's yeah. so normal. I know. She makes, she makes it like here she's a billionaire and she's bringing a frozen cake to her kid's school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cut into it. And she died like the best way she's telling her husband they had the, the big van and she's like, you can make it through the garage. It's okay. And she like, gets stuck in the garage. No. Is real life, and she's you know somebody we all look up to for you know her success, but yeah. she's human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think right. you're right about the world changing, and it really is now a movement towards going to what makes you happy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that what makes you happy are multiple things, and that's okay. That's and right. I think that's great for you being on today because you do that. You have a full-time job that you like and you don't want to leave, and yeah. you have your wedding photography business that's hugely successful, mm -hmm. and you do both well and you love both of them and you're not trying to leave one to go to another and you're managing and balancing it all so tell yeah. us a little bit about that so I think that so for, so I remember when I was younger so I was homeschooled from like fifth grade through high school and I remember when I was younger I just always wanted to be doing something but like when you're homeschooled you get to a point where you can kind of like self-teach because you have the books like you're old enough like you understand all this stuff and I remember always being done early with my schoolwork and wanting to do something else like I always wanted to have some, something else to do somewhere else to go and my family like wasn't able to be that mobile when I was younger because my sisters were much younger than I was my mom was like not always sick but she was sick for like a decent amount of like my childhood my sister's childhood and then my dad worked and my dad had the only car so like we weren't able to like go places and do things and I remember I used to just like sit and like write stories just to have something else to do and so and I liked it I loved writing 
And so I, I would always want to be doing something else. And I think that that foundation there of always wanting to be doing more and, and putting more things together and be working on more things and doing more projects has kind of like come through to the rest of my life. And I think too, the self-discipline that homeschooling gave to me as well has been very helpful because like I wake up every day and I go to work and it's like a very normal, like nine to five type job. And then I edit and answer emails and take care of like correspondence on my lunch break. So like I bring my laptop to work on my lunch break and then I'll come home, I'll have dinner with my husband, maybe we'll watch like a couple shows or like right now, obviously we're moving. So like we're, we're going tonight to go see our house, but um, like at night, usually I'll edit as well. And it's gotten to a point where I can really like, I have a good workflow at this point because I've done this for so long now. And at the beginning, it wasn't this easy at the beginning, you know, it took me longer. And I think that there's something to be said for that too, that like in the beginning, things will be harder. <laughs> Yeah. And it's very normal and you won't have a workflow down right away and that's okay. And I think just knowing that like you have like a season to hustle and a season to refine and a season to enjoy it, you know? And so I think that's, yeah. that all takes time to get to this place where you want to be. And so I think sometimes it's just really good to know that these are just seasons. <laughs> Yes. Yes. I was just thinking that the other day I was taught, I was talking to somebody about it. Like there's, there's, you plant the seed, right? Mm -hmm. It starts to turn into something, but then you have, you have to re, as you said, refine it and figure out what works for you. And then, and then it becomes what That's you right. dreamed it to be. That's right. That's right. And it takes time to get there. And I think that now I'm there now it's very easy for me to balance both things because I know how to manage my time. And I think time management is like a big deal, especially when you're an entrepreneur who is multi-passionate and has a lot going on, or even if you're not, or even if you're somebody like me who, who works full-time and also pretty much has like a full-time business as well, where you know how you work best. And I don't do this personally, but I've heard like really good things about block scheduling. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I've researched some of that. And I guess that's kind of what I've always done but I've just never called it that but I just know how my time works <laughs> yeah you know you so, know when you work best that's right your peak yeah yeah and I know what I need to do every day and I think that's something too where if you don't know what you need to do every day then you're just kind of gonna flounder a little bit yeah but I think you mentioned like you do you have grow into you learn you especially when you're starting out with a new side hustle you start you learn, you, you try and tweak, right? You try it yeah. and like, oh, I don't do well doing that early in the morning. So mm -hmm. I do most of my things in the evening. When the kids are in bed at nine o'clock, I have three hours that I can get work done and I work well that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Try different things. I mean, even me with the two businesses, like mm -hmm. I had to figure out, okay, if I put my dog in daycare on Mondays, I can do all my work on Mondays. Right get see some clients get my admin work done and then right. the rest but it took it's been three years i finally get into a rhythm and learn my right. rhythm. yeah right that's right and, and for me it took 10. It took <laughs> 10 years. yeah and so i think that, that's, that's a good example it doesn't yeah. happen overnight it does not happen <laughs> overnight and it took like a lot of mindset shift for me in like all different areas of my life but also everybody grows differently and i think in our culture, like young and fast is very like, I don't know, like put up on a pedestal. Yeah. And, but for me, like I'm slow, like <laughs> 10 yeah. years, what's happening here? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and I have to be okay with that. Like I have to be okay with knowing that that's my rate of growth is yeah. it's a little slower, but it works and it works for me. And what, what works for me isn't going to work for somebody else. And maybe somebody grows and becomes more popular much quicker than I do. Yep. And that's fine. That's their path. Or maybe somebody's slower and that's their path. And that's fine too. Yeah. And it, it's a confidence thing too. It's mm -hmm. at the rate that you get confident and you have to learn the lessons before you can go on to the next level. Right? That's right. You have to get your confidence, your mindset. We all have things we're, we're, that are holding us up, like beliefs and fears. We work through them. If you work through them faster, you get, it's like Super Mario Brothers, right? <laughs> if you can hop over this and get this, right. and this, and this and this, then you get to the next level. But if not, you might go back right. steps to learn the lessons so you can get to the next thing. And that's where you, 
you learn more about yourself, you gain your confidence, you get your flow down. Right. It's, it's not a race. There's no race. We all have There's the same no race. <laughs> There's no race. No. And I, it's easy, I think, in creative industries and maybe in like coaching industries as well. I'm not, I'm not sure because that's not my, my niche, but there's a lot of temptation to compete oh, yeah. in creative industries. And sometimes, honestly, I'm not a competitive person. I never have been. But even like in the music world, when I was studying that when I was in college and now in the photography world, there's just such an ability and a temptation to compete with other people. Mm -hmm. But I always just think to myself, but I can't photograph every wedding. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to like, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think that when those types of things happen, I think sometimes we need perspective Yeah. where like, like, why are we feeling this way? Are we feeling this way because we really feel competitive against like a certain person or a certain ideal or is it really that we're not feeling good about ourselves in that moment? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's, um, it's funny, you know, when you do the numbers, one, how many hours you have in the day and how many people you need to meet your financial goal. It's not 6 billion people in the world. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's even like a percentage of that. I mean, I know. <laughs> I, mean, I know. When you punch numbers, you don't have the amount of time to one-on-one -on -one coach or go to every single wedding or mm -hmm. even meet with that many brides to even see if they're, you know, great candidates for you. Like you don't. That's right. You have right. to, and they, you have a different style, and another photographer has a different style, and they're going to go right. where they feel connected. That's right, and I think that's really important, too, because if you are trying to, like as a wedding photographer or photographer in general, trying to adhere and work with every single person, there's a possibility you may end up working with somebody just because you felt like you needed to, like you had this like competitive edge or you needed to because of money, like there's a scarcity issue there. And if you're not jiving with each other, it's not going to be worth it for either of you guys. They're not going to be happy and you're not going to be happy. And I think that's something too, where sometimes people just like take on, take on, take on, take on, and it's not a good match. Yeah. And I think that's dangerous in a lot of ways for the entrepreneur and also for the client. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, I agree. It's the same with the coaching world too. You right. Can, you want to find the right fit because no matter how hard you try to fit that square peg into a round hole, if you can't give them what they need, they're not going to get out of it what they need and they're going to get frustrated. They're, they're not going to grow. They're not going to see results. They're not going to recommend you to somebody else. I mean, and, and especially in the wedding, right. you have one shot at a wedding. <laughs> and if you don't jive together, you're not going to give them what they want. And that's their wedding. They want to have somebody that they that's love right. with their pictures and know that they're a good match. Yeah. That's right. That's right. And I mean, I think even more so, even above the pictures, it should be that you guys can care for each other properly. Where like you're really, it's so interesting with photography. I think about this often because photography is like an art. And I think this happens the most with photography and videography in the wedding industry because like, I think all vendors play such a valuable role in the wedding industry. But I think photographers and videographers have such a unique role in that they're able to be like almost personally connected with the couple. Mm -hmm. And it's hard because these two services are like heart services, like their art and they're the person's heart. And so I think that that's hard when like potential criticism comes from anywhere, from other people, from the clients potentially, which is rare, but it happens. And I think that it's hard too, because here you are like pouring out your heart here. These people are trusting you with their heart for their wedding day. And so if you're not able to connect properly on like a kind of like an, not like intimate, but like a, like a sweet friend level, yep. then they're not going to be happy and you're not going to be happy. You know, it's going to be so unfulfilling. And I think that that's important to keep in mind. I've told, so like, I think we've talked about this before, but I mentor some um, newer wedding photographers, newer wedding photographers. And I've said to them, your work should be like the cherry on top. Like they should want to hire you, 
for who you are. They, w they would want you to be at their wedding because they just like you. Yeah. And then your, your photos should be like, okay, cool. Yeah, look at this. This is like an added bonus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. And that'll come through too in the photos because once That's you have right. the connection with the couple and the That's whole experience, right. there's a heart that goes into the photos. That's that, right. You know, you can't, you can't learn heart. No, you can't. No. That's right. What I love about, you know, we've been in this mastermind together for a year yeah. and following your journey through it. I, I love how you go about choosing your wedding clients. And it's really, um, I think it's important for anybody going out there working with customers, clients, patients, whatever, is choose them wisely mm -hmm. because you've gotten to the point, as you said before, like there is in any entrepreneurial journey, there's you start off a lot of the times with that lack mindset, like mm -hmm. there's not going to be enough. And when you, when you step into that, you get yourself into those situations with trying to, trying to fit every single situation so that you can get the clients and the money. But that never, ever turns out to be a good thing. That never, never, never. never. No, and it's hard because, you know, I remember you a year ago talking about having these big goals of taking on all of these weddings and hitting this big number mm -hmm. until you realized you, you couldn't. And it was when you changed your mindset and decided, no, I need to set boundaries for myself because I cannot burn out. I can't do it. That your business actually grew more yeah. than you had originally gold for yeah. doing less weddings and still being somebody that all these couples want to work with. So it's like, they're all jiving for the same dates. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Talk about that process, like the mindset process, but also you, your filtering system. Mm. So I guess I'll start with the mindset process with, it's so hard to compare who I was a year ago to who I am now. Like I feel like a completely different person. Mm -hmm. And when I did the mastermind with you, last year when we were in it together, I was in like a very weird place. Like I was in like a very like, like lack mindset. I like my, I wasn't trending the way that I had always trended this time last year. So it's June now I had two weddings booked and that's so unusual for me. Usually I'll have like nine or 10 by now. And I was like, what is happening here? And it was completely my mindset. It was, it was completely that. I was also at the time in a different job when I first started. Or I think I had just like left my old job to go to like my new job. And so I think there was some like residual stuff there because that job was difficult. And so um, I was like, I just don't know like what's happening here. I don't know why people aren't booking me. Like, am I not good enough? And I think that not good enough mantra was like really like up in my head. And even though I've said before, I, I'm not competitive, I do compare. And even when I don't even realize it. And so when I was working with Kate in our mastermind, she had said to me, you know, I think you have more comparisonitis than you realize. And it's true. And so what I did was I actually went and I muted a whole bunch of accounts on Instagram because they were beautiful accounts. But I was like, my stuff is so ugly. <laughs> Nobody's hiring me because they're hiring these people. My stuff is ugly. <laughs> like it was just like this circle of just bad vibes. And so it took a lot of just resetting and reminding myself that there's always more than enough to go around. Mm -hmm. Your people will always find you and their clients are not my clients and that's okay. And I also, during this time last year, I was very, very, very intentional about praying a whole lot mm -hmm. and saying to God, like, this business is not even my business anyways. It's yours. Mm -hmm. So like, if it is done, it's done. And I had to be okay with that. Yeah. And when I really like released that and I did it daily, like I would, I would like do my little workouts in the morning. I would put on worship music and like, while I was working out and listening to it, I would like say to God, okay, God, this is your business. Do what, do whatever you want with it. And finally, after doing that for like months, it like completely changed where I went on vacation in July that year. And I got like seven bookings while I was on vacation. 
<laughs> which is so crazy. Isn't that crazy? It's crazy. And I think it, the act of letting go because it's very hard. It's very hard. And it's hard because these are things that we feel like we have built ourselves, but it's really not us that's built it. Yeah. And I think that sometimes that's just the human experience. It's just what our, our brains tell us. We have done this, but have we really done this? Yeah. And I think that continuing to give it back was one of the biggest things that released the abundance back into my life. Mm -hmm. So that was like my mindset stuff. And then with my clients, so I tell people this is going to sound so weird because I think when I say this, people have a different idea, but I tell people that I curate my clients. And I think when I say that, people think like, oh, you curate them according to how they look. And that's not true. <laughs> I don't care what you look like. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> uh, what I care about is if you're a good person. <laughs> and so um, I only accept three weddings per month. Um, and maybe four if it's like an associate wedding or maybe four if it's like somebody I really, really, really want to work with. And so what happens is that when a client reaches out to me, the first thing I do is I send them my welcome guide. I let them know right away, like whether or not I'm available, I send them my welcome guide. My welcome guide has my bio in it as the first thing. And so I think that introduces me to them and they realize who I am. And Kat has my bio. <laughs> and it's very like... It is the most amazing bio ever. I am going to post it on the website underneath <laughs> the list of po the uh, post about this podcast because it really is. Go check out her website. It's so personal, but it brings out your humor. It brings out your heart. It just brings out exactly who you are. Like there's yeah. no question on how fun you are, how caring you are, how real you are. I mean, you talk about how you could find me sitting on the couch in my husband's pajama pants, drinking coffee, snuggling my kittens and editing, you know, like you get that vision of like, she's a real person. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. And, and so they get to know me right away. And that's what I want. I want them to know me right away because that's how how are they going to know me or even want to even speak with me <laughs> unless they see my face and they hear my words? And so that's the first thing they see in the welcome guide. And then they let me know whether or not they'd like to do a FaceTime or in-person consultation. And these are big for me. So I don't even do phone consultations unless there's like a technical issue. Um, because I think that being able to see other people and like body language is very important for them and for me. So, um, it's good for me to see them and first like vibe because you can tell who you're going to vibe with. And then I give them like a few days and I let them decide, but there have been times where I've actually gotten off the call and I've been like, I don't think this is a good fit for like various reasons. And I'll let them know. And I let them know right away because I don't want them thinking they're going to be able to work with me or wanting to work with me. And then I just like crush them when they come back to me. So I just tell them like, Hey, I don't think I'm the best fit for your wedding day. Here are some recommendations mm -hmm. because I do think that there are other people out there who can serve these people well. And so then um, usually we'll do an engagement session. Then we meet again before their wedding. So there's all these touch points, which I think is really important along the way. I also send them like a welcome gift when they become my clients. I send them a Starbucks gift card about like six weeks before their wedding, like six weeks to a month before their wedding, because like that's when it's like crunch time for the wedding. And so it's hard for people to remember to like take a step back and like connect a little bit yeah. before the wedding. And then after the wedding, I send them sneak peeks the night of their wedding. And then I send them their full gallery, um, you know, within like the contract timeline. And then and with their full gallery, they also get like some other little gifts as well. And I'm a gift giver. Like I love giving gifts. And so <laughs> I like love it. But, and I think like these little things just add up to create like a really good client experience. And I think that is everything because client experience can make or break you. Like you can have the most beautiful photos, but if your client experience is garbage, mm -hmm. forget it. It's not going to be worth it because they're not going to look back and think, wow, my photos are so beautiful. They're going to think back, wow, my photos are so beautiful, but yeah. And that's, you don't want the, but yeah, no, so. but I think that's so beautiful. And it's a great, you know, for those that are going out, no matter what industry you're doing, everything you touch 
is a representation of who you are. And that's where, you know, you set your, everybody sets themselves apart from everybody else because you're going to do things differently than somebody else. You know, I remember being told, you know, I am, I came from a background of in order to raise money, you build a relationship. I took people to lunch and to coffee and I got to know them. And I'd remember if their kids were graduating or whatever. And I'd, I'd be like, Hey, how are you doing? How's your blah, blah, blah. You know? Yeah. And I'm still like that. And I remember being told like, you're never going to be able to do that when you start working with too many people. And I'm like, why not? If I remember it's their birthday, why can't I send them a card? If I remember, you know, that their kid's graduating, why not reach out and say, hope the graduation went well. Congratulations to your son. You know, like I, if I'm that, if that's who I am, that should always shine through because that's me being genuine right what we all need to remember is that what sets us apart and I think you said it great is that you're meant to serve certain people and certain people you're not like God decided that before you were born at some point you're gonna photograph these weddings or you're gonna coach this person or you're gonna have this person on your massage table like that's out of your hands you can't serve everybody and that's where you get the freedom to be who you are and be that entrepreneur or that person or that coach or whatever that you want to be, it's like freedom because mm-hmm. you don't have to help or you don't have to be the square peg trying to get into all the round holes because that's right. So just mm-hmm. like you did, and I strongly believe what you believe is that give it over to God and the universe. Like mm-hmm. this is their, this is their vision. <laughs> this is their right. vision. This is their vision. They have a vision right. for this. They know better. And as soon as you let go, the moment you say, I can't, hands, hands up, I, I can't do this. I can't take control anymore. I always think of God sitting in a recliner up there with popcorn going, all right, you think you can do this yourself? Yes. I'm just going to sit here and watch. <laughs> yeah, if you need me, you know, and then like a year goes by and you're still struggling and you're like, God, I need help. And he's like, I've been waiting. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's true. <laughs> and that's when it's like, um, I was writing a blog post today and I was like, it's like too many cooks in the kitchen and you have to kick it. The, you know, God has to kick everybody out and say, I'm going to do the cooking now. Like I'll, right. I'll fix the meal. You go let rest. You did mm-hmm. your work. Mm-hmm. I'll bring in the people you're meant to serve. But mm-hmm. it is a hard concept, especially when you're starting out, not to want to have control and not, not being able to see that you don't have to try and get every single client that comes your way. That's right. Yeah. And I think too, like, you do, I mean, you have to do the work, you know, you can't just pick up a camera or go to massage school and think that, oh, like, this is it. Here I am. Like, it it just doesn't work that way. But if you lay a good foundation and you do the work and you're continuously like faithful in what you're doing, both being and being consistent, but also like being faithful and like, you know, giving this business to God and kind of like a dedication, like how you would dedicate a baby, like you should dedicate your business. And I think that if you're continually doing that kind of stuff, there's no way that it can't be blessed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. You have to do the work, but you have to, you have to do the work. You have to be the good customer service. Yeah. How to do the work. But when it comes to the success of it, you know, you kind of, you set, you think, I think of it as a, if there's a target that you're aiming at and you, you release the arrow, but you can't chase the arrow and decide where it's going to go. <laughs> yeah. You just, that's true. To, you just have to trust that it's going to land where it was meant to land. Mm-hmm. So you keep plugging away when you get the divine inspiration on what the next step is, what you need to do, but then you get out of the way and you don't chase the arrow. <laughs> that's right. Like you kind of just go with it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, okay, here I am. Here I am. Yeah. But I love your filtering system and that you go by your heart and you never go yeah. wrong when you're with your heart. No, it's true. That's right. If you, I'm, I mean, your gut knows best. Yes. And there have been times where I've spoken with people who were nice, mm-hmm. totally like they weren't like, you know, absolutely ridiculous, like out, out of control. You know what I mean? It wasn't like they were just inappropriate in like every way, shape or form. But I just said to myself, you know, this is not, this is not going to be a good fit. Yeah. And so I just, you, 
I trust that. Like, it's not going to be a good fit. It's not going to be a good fit. But then the majority, obviously the people I work with, I'm like psyched to work with. Like I'm so like, whenever I book a client, even like it's been 10 years now, I still get excited. I still like run down the stairs and tell my husband, Oh my gosh, they booked me. I'm so excited. Like this is what their wedding's going to be like. They're bringing their dog. They're bringing their duck. Like, like all this stuff. I'm so serious. I have a client this year who is bringing her pet duck. Oh my God. That is awesome. Right. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, these people make me so happy and they're so kind to me and they, like, I think I like just feel so humbled and honored that they've chosen me for this, Mm. you know, because I think it's so easy in the wedding industry to be like, I'm a wedding photographer or whatever you are, because it's very glamorous to be these types of things right now. But the heart of our industry should be service. And I think sometimes that gets lost. And I think that we should be just as excited to be working with these clients as these clients are to be working with us. There needs to be a reciprocal excitement or it's, it becomes too transactional. Yeah. And you don't ever want to be treating somebody like a paycheck. It should always be like their souls should be always more important than that. Mm. I love that. You just made a good example of how gratitude brings in more good stuff. Because That's right. if you're not, you're going to keep getting either crappy clients <laughs> coming your way. But gratitude, and you know, even just uh, choosing, you know, I think you say it best, you know, in coaching, you do like a clarity call, right? A 30 minute free call to assess. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people put it in their heads that you're trying to win them. Yeah. And I've, I've had clarity calls where I'm like, I don't want, I'm not the right coach for this person. Mm -hmm. I know that like you said, because Mm -hmm. you don't want to be working with people that are not the right client and you you don't want that bad experience on their part because you're getting clients based off of great reviews great experiences they're really happy that energy gets out there more people want to book with you because they other people had a good experience they That's saw right. the work they saw the, saw the heart and the photos and the gallery um and that's that's your testimony right there That's right. And it's funny because there's actually a wedding I did pretty recently where when they booked me, I had just raised my prices. This was like a few years ago. They booked me a few years ago and my prices are actually even like a little higher now than what they originally booked me at. And I said to them, I was kind of like sheepish about my pricing. Like, Oh, I know. Like it's kind of high, whatever. And and they were like, that's fine. They were like, we, we know what to expect from you. We know what we're going to get from you not only with like images, but with experience. And I think that should be like a goal. I think like, I want that to be a goal of mine to, for people to say, we know what to expect with you and that be a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love that you lead from your heart. I think that's what more of us need to, to do in our businesses is we forget when we're so worried about the paycheck or how many clients are showing up on Instagram or showing up on Pinterest, showing up on Facebook lives. We forget that there's a service behind it before there's anything else. And it's, That's right. it's about human connection. It's about making a difference in somebody's life. And yeah. then, then they might pay for your services. Then you get to see the fruits of your labor, but it's really about the heart and soul and connecting. That's right. Yeah, it's true. It really is. Especially with weddings. Weddings are precious. Yeah, they they really are. And so it like almost hurts my heart when I see or hear about other situations that clients or almost clients have gone through. I'm like, oh, like, oh, I, you know, like it hurts because these are big days and these these are milestones and this is one day. Yeah. You know? And so it, far be it from us to be the one showing up with our grumpy pants, you know. And it's it's a day of love. So right. everything around them should be about love and right. compassion and yeah, yeah, that's right. It's yeah. true. Yeah. So you really balance it well with doing the full time job and your wedding business. Thank you. Yeah. I think I think that it's funny that you mentioned thankfulness before because I do think like obviously I have all of my tools with balancing both. But I think that remaining thankful for both mm-hmm. keeps it light. Um, because if you, 
I've, I've found that having both has given me freedom in both, you know, like I, I don't have to pay for health insurance <laughs> from my photography business. So I'm able to be more specific about who I want to work with, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to work weekends. So like with my, my other job, but I can do this and enjoy that. So I think it gives me a lot of freedom in a lot of different ways and remaining thankful for the things that both of them provide to me keeps it like light and enjoyable for both. Yeah. 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 Gratitude, thankfulness. Yeah. It really is the forefront of everything. Of being successful is is being humble and gracious. And yeah. That's right. Yeah. And I love your Instagram stories. You do a po- a note on your Instagram every day with what you're grateful for each day. I love that. Yeah. It's it. true. Yeah. I I love it. It's 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 funny because it feels kind of cheesy to me sometimes. Like, why am I doing this? But people really like it. <laughs> well, and it reminds me, like every time I read it, like, okay, what am I grateful for today? What are yeah. You yeah. That's actually a practice that my mom taught to me. So, because mm-hmm. I was like a pretty grumpy kid and she was like, oh no. <laughs> and <laughs> so she made me do so like every every day when I was being homeschooled whatever she actually created these little journals for me and she she made me write down like every single day three things that I was thankful for and they were usually like cheesy little things like my cat my sister's pizza you know like silly stuff (laughs) but as yeah it's funny right because she but she knew and I really credit her so much for the joy that like I now have in my life because I don't think I would have this true joy that I have in my life if she hadn't laid that foundation for me. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Gratitude is not something most of us started our lives with, like not the practice of gratitude, but you know, the more, the more you, the more you pray and meditate and like, I've been doing like daily intentions or weekly intentions. And the more you start to see those things come to fruition, you can't help but being, Oh my gosh, thank goodness for that. Like right. that was a miracle. And then all of a sudden you start to see more and more miracles, mm-hmm. you know, for the clients that you've prayed for, or, you know, the aha moments that you get, the inspiration, uh, the book that falls off the shelf that you should be reading that inspire you, you know, those kind of things, right. you start to realize everything around you is a blessing. I remember not being able to know what joy was. Like I could not figure out what would make me joyful. And, um, you know, it was little things like my cup of tea, you know, but I remember getting my dog and I was so grateful because he's just all joyful, goofy, happy, you know, like in every day I'm like, Oh, thank goodness. You're reminding me to stop being grumpy. Please <laughs> yeah. be playful mom. Let's play ball. It's all good. Yeah. Um, but it's little things. And then once you start with that little thing, then all of a sudden a big thing, you know, like you start to notice more and more around you that you're like, thank goodness. Thank goodness. I have water. Thank goodness. I, right. I, I have a passion. Thank goodness. I know what I want to be doing. Right. Right. And I think too, there's like, when have we ever not been taken care of? Mm-hmm. Right. So like when I think whenever, like I've gotten into a scarcity mindset, when have I ever been left in like the dust? Never. Mm-hmm. And like the, like, to be honest, like the beginning of my life was like not ideal. (laughs) And so I, and I don't remember a lot of it, but it was something where I've just always had this inherent comfort in knowing that God has my back. Mm -hmm. So he's not going to be like, oh yeah, like here, I created you and here, bye, bye. (laughs) You know, he's just not, it's not his nature. And so I feel that way too with like the roof over my head and the business that I'm able to own and the job that I'm able to work at and with my family and my extended family and my in-laws, like when has God ever left me high and dry? Never. And have there been difficult points in my life? Absolutely. 100%. But it's never been a point where I've said to myself, I'm not being sheltered right now. Yeah. 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 I think the turning point is, you know, cause it's hard when you're going through tough times, you know, when you have a rough childhood or something that happens, but when you can, it's the moment you switch your thinking to that. It's the, that's, that's the miracle. When you switch it, 
then you are allowing yourself to see it. But it's a, it's a, it's a mindset perspective thing. Like if you're always sitting there going, my life sucks, I don't have money. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, all you see are the bills. All you mm-hmm. see are, you know, somebody hit your car, whatever. You see the rain falling. But mm-hmm. when you switch and you say, wait, God has my back. The universe has got it. I, I'm taken care of. I, you know, and it could be little things. Maybe you are destitute and you're homeless or whatever. Yes. But there might be something small as somebody hands you a cup of soup and you're like, okay, right. that's an angel. Somebody sent to give me food. Right. And then you focus on that. Then all of a sudden you're like, somebody gives you a coat. Okay. I can now I'm warm. I have food. And then all of a sudden you're focusing on that. Well, more of that comes because mm-hmm. you switched your mindset. That's right. See it that way. Because it's kind of like both are happening at the same time, but it depends which way you're looking. Which way you're looking. That's right. Stuff, or are you looking at the good stuff and the possibilities? It's kind of like you're down two paths. You can go down the dark, rainy path. Or you can say, nah, I'm just going to go this way. It might still be raining, but I have an umbrella now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Here, I have an umbrella. Yep. That's <laughs> enough. Yep. Right? Yeah. Yep. And eventually you'll get out of the rain. And, and I think... You know, if you read some really intense entrepreneurial stories about where they started from, you know, like not having money or not mm-hmm. having a family or whatever, they had, they had, a lot of them had some really heart, bad hardships, but they just were like, I'm not going to pay, pay attention to that. I'm going to figure out a way and pay attention to all the opportunities instead. Right. That's right. And, and I mean, just coming back to this, you're not going to have something in your heart. You're not going to have this desire in your heart if it's not meant for you. Uh, yes. You know, like it's not going to be there and, and you'll never get that opportunity. Yeah. Sometimes you have to create your own opportunities, mm-hmm. you know, but it's not going to be there and it's never going to happen. Yeah. And if you don't follow it, that's on your own shoulders. Like if it's on your heart and you bury it under excuses and because I think that's what happens. People know what they want to do, but they bury it under, I can't, I don't have enough. I don't have money. I need health Mm -hmm. insurance. Those are the two popular ones that I roll my eyes at. Like I, I need health insurance Mm -hmm. and I, I won't have enough money. It's like, there's are, there aren't just one way of having health insurance and there's not just one way of (laughs) money. But if you open up your eyes and you, you know, I have health insurance, you know, yeah. is it probably just as bad as my last health insurance? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you make it work and you can make money any way. It's not That's by right. just the, the lottery and a nine to five job. There are other ways. Right. You can make more. I say this to people, nine to five job, you get a salary and that's your salary. But as an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you're limitless on how much money is out there. The potential. That's right. That's right. And I think too, like when I first graduated college, I had my photo business. It was like very, very, very new. Um, So like that was when I was still charging like $50. (laughs) And and then I was only able to find a part-time job at my alma mater. And so then I also worked part-time at Starbucks. And like you said, like the opportunities are limitless obviously we need money mm-hmm. <laughs> to be able to survive at this point in, you know, our culture, but there's always going to be an opportunity. So, and so if you really do want to be pursuing something different, but you know, you need a little more time, well, maybe you can work the 3am shift at Starbucks. Is it glamorous? Absolutely not, but it will free up the rest of your day yep. so you can work on other things and maybe take a nap in between. And that's what I had to do. <laughs> yeah. And there's, you know, when I moved to Austin, I didn't have a job. I quit my job in Rochester, moved here without a job. I had no idea what I was doing. I had $800 rent to pay a month. I had all my bills. I had like $5,000 in moving costs sitting on a credit card. And I said to myself, the worst thing that happens is I go get a job at Starbucks or the grocery store. And Starbucks has health insurance. So if I have to go yeah. to Starbucks, I, have, I applied to be, I did the whole TABC to get my mm-hmm. alcohol bartending mm-hmm. license so I could be a server. At, mm-hmm. I applied to restaurants until the right thing came along. I was a front desk person at spa. Right. But again, even that was 10 bucks an hour. Like I was, <laughs> wasn't even covering my bills yet. Yeah. But I was like, I'll do something until I figure it out to, to give myself time to figure it out. That's right. And there's always, there's always some safety net you can, you were given enough when you were born, there's, there's a safety net. I mean, most of us, there are some mm-hmm. extended circumstances, mm-hmm. but 
to, to use until you figure it out. That's right. And I think too, that if you're doing something, the universe is not going to be like, uh, bye. Like, <laughs> you yeah. know, like as long as you're doing something, then you're not going to be stuck. Yeah. You know, as long as you're kind of like forward moving, you'll be okay. Well, that's where you get your clarity. Action. Right. You, you don't get clarity just by sitting still. You get clarity by doing something, then trying something new, mm -hmm. meeting new people. That's when you get somebody says something, you're like, oh, that. Yeah. Is, yes, that's what I want to try. Mm -hmm. um, that's where you, yeah. Yeah, true. That aha moment. So what would you, what three tips would you share with aspiring entrepreneurs or people just going out wanting to live life their own way? So I think we've touched on like a lot of them. <laughs> we did touch on a lot. Yeah, we did stuff. touch on a lot of them. Um, so I think, so here are like some of what my hangups have been. And I think this will be helpful for the future too, for like other people. So the first thing I think is like what we talked about at the beginning where you don't have to be only one thing, mm -hmm. you know, like we love our labels, but you don't have to be under one. If you want to great, <laughs> if you don't want to also great. And so if like, I think that giving yourself the permission to be more than one thing or to pursue more than one thing is a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so, and it, I mean, your opportunities are limitless. Like why not try more than one thing? Like we, we're multifaceted individuals. We have, so many different interests and talents and ideas that why would we only want to be like under one thing? So I think that's like probably like one of my favorite things to think about. Yeah. And I think another one is that sometimes like we go through like crap, there's just like no way like getting around it. That is just in life in general, like there's just crap. And I think that sometimes like they can be like really nightmarish situations. And I think that even though these things are like not fun to go through, whenever you do go through them, they are like a, a growth point for you. And I think that sometimes you can let your nightmares or nightmare experiences kind of inform your dreams and shape them for the future because you can't grow unless you go through these things and you can't get better unless you go through these things and growth is hard and it's painful. And so sometimes your nightmares, even though they, they're horrible, yep. they'll still propel your good dreams. Mm -hmm. So I think there's something there too. They're all learning experiences. That's to, right. Yeah. To make That's you stronger, right. bring you, bring you to YouTube 2.0. That's right. That's right. That's exactly what it is. And then I think, um, the, so my, <laughs> the girls that I mentor <laughs> know that I talk about this all the time. Anybody that I talk to, they're like, they tell me their prices and I'm like, raise them. <laughs> like people know me for that. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, that's something that I really struggled with for a long time is you, you have like your season of laying your foundation and that's when you're doing things for free. And that's when you're doing things at like very discounted rates. But I don't think you always have to be there. And that's up to you to make that determination and to know when it's time to kind of up level. Yeah. And I don't, I think that you can still serve and serve well and still charge a living wage or even a premium wage. Mm -hmm. um, as long as you're confident in it and what you're providing, like obviously dictates that rate, you don't have to be feeling like because you're doing something for someone, you shouldn't be paid or shouldn't be paid well. That is... That is one of the hardest lessons as an entrepreneur is, is the rate and what you're worth. I'll tell you my last massage business that I had with a business partner, we really chose low prices mm -hmm. like for the community that we were the first massage therapist in that, at that town. But when I left and dissolved that partnership and started my own, mm -hmm. I raised the rates Mm -hmm. Not one person has that has come over from the old business has scoffed at the, the prices. I had somebody up to a long, longer sessions, bigger package, paying close to $500 and like not even blink an eye. Whereas before I was like, oh, they're not going to pay. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And now I can do less yeah. and give better services because I can do less. Even, um, creating longer services before That's I was right. 90. Now I have 105 minute and two hour people are booking them left and right. My old belief was that nobody's going to book them. Mm -hmm. Nobody is going to pay that money. Mm -hmm. And by changing 
my mindset and just trying it, I was like, Ooh, and I could do less massages a week, better for my body. Yeah. And I could spend more time caring for the ones that I have, not that's right. Like I have to get them in and out and in and out. That's and right. I got my time back kind of like you with limiting, raising your prices, but limiting the amount you did, you grew your business. Yeah. But you knew your worth and that there are people, as you said, they're going to connect to you and pay because they want to be with you. That's right. Yeah. And my clients know too that they're, they're dear to me. And I think that that's a big thing. So I think that keeping your clients knowing that they're dear to you is a huge thing. And that's not fake. It's not disingenuous. It's not anything weird. It's these people are dear to me and they're dear to me, not because they're paying me, but because they're people <laughs> and people are dear. Yeah. Yeah, it's customer service and actually caring for your clients. And that's what people are drawn to. People mm -hmm. don't care about the services you're providing. I mean, not wedding photography is one thing, but like right. your coaching, they don't care about the service you're providing. They don't care about what the package includes. They, they're resonating with you. Mm -hmm. And that's the first heart to heart. People mm -hmm. are people. They connect with people before they connect with things and services. That's right. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I love those tips. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So this was, this is, there was a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. There's a lot in here. I love, tell everybody your favorite quote because I, oh. this quote, I'm sorry, this one is for the books. This is, this is what every human's mission statement should be. Yeah. It, it actually makes me cry whenever I like read it and think about it because it is a powerful quote. And it's funny because it's from a humorist. Um, so it's by Irma Bombeck and it's, um, when I stand before God at the end of my life, I would hope that I would have nothing like no bit of talent left. And I could say to God, I used everything you gave me. And I think that like, that should be our mantra, right? Like we're given so much, like, why shouldn't we use every bit of it that we have? Yeah. Oh, I agree. I, I think, you know, from somebody that was stuck in a nine to five job for 16 years, even though mm. I worked for a nonprofit mm. with heartfelt missions, it wasn't my heart. It wasn't my soul. Mm. And I never felt like, not that I didn't feel human, but I felt like a robot. Mm. And now being able to decide to help people and yeah. make that my mission. And like, you know, when I say help people, you can be a wedding, uh, a wedding photographer, you can be a website designer, you could be, you know, somebody that codes, you know, makes apps or whatever. You're still changing somebody's life, but you're helping them create a dream. So right. you're always impacting a human no matter what you do in life, but it has to come from your heart. And you, I, I used to think I'm sitting at this desk or sitting in traffic and I'm not being useful. I'm not making any impact by sitting in traffic or sitting in a cubicle, but I have so much to give. Right. Right. And, and two, you never know what seeds you're planting. So even when you are in the background, you never know. Right. So like you, you brought up the, the example of like a coder, like a software designer, those people are usually like in the background, like they, they love to like hang out and work on code and do all this stuff, but they're not always interacting with people one-on-one, -on -one. but you never know what seeds you're planting. Like maybe this code is going to help like a kid to learn how to code. And then this kid that learns how to code becomes like the next big whatever at like Apple. You just never know. Or I always think of it as you could be sitting somebody next to somebody that you are meant to impact. Like I never, I always think of the people that I used to work with. Like, how did I impact them? Like maybe something I said one day was what they needed to hear, or they were inspired by me quitting and starting my own business. Mm -hmm. um, and that's why I call this podcast true joy revolution mm -hmm. because you're revolutionizing yourself. Like you're going through a whole revolution of seeing the world differently, shifting your mindset, uh, changing the way you see yourself and the world and, and giving yourself permission to do things differently mm -hmm. and creating a new life. But you're also creating a revolution because I strongly believe that if you go out and you're doing what's on your heart and you follow your passion and your purpose, because your passion, your heart eventually turns into your purpose. Um, you're going to inspire somebody. You can tell one person your story that you did it. You're going to inspire them. Then they do it. They inspire. There's a ripple effect. Next thing you know, that one choice you made 
to do what was best for you now helped hundreds of thousands of people. And so you've now created this true joy revolution where everybody wants to go and follow their passion. And so that's why I called it the true joy revolution because every, in every decision you make impacts everybody else. Yeah, it's true. It is true. Yeah. You never know what ripples you're creating, good or bad. And yeah. so we obviously we want the good ones. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is thank enlightening. You. Like oh, I know this is enlightening for me. So much of your story is going to resonate with so many other people, and I know that there's going to be a lot of aha moments, different perspectives on um, on how to see their entrepreneurial journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I'm excited because you're coming back. You're coming back to talk about impact, which is yeah. a big part of your business as well. Yeah. I'm excited. That story. But thank you I'm so excited about that. much. I am so excited thank to share you. this with you. Thank you all for joining and for listening to Erica's story. Go follow her at, um, at Sweet Alice Photography on Instagram, right? That's right. Yeah. And her website, sweethousephotography.com. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And if you know anybody in Hudson Valley getting married, she. (laughs) I'm it. I'm it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. All right, y'all. Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to join the True Joy Inner Circle, where you'll receive weekly insights, inspiration, and resources right to your inbox. The Inner Circle is where you'll receive VIP access and special discounts to masterclasses, webinars, and new materials, all to help you go from aspiring entrepreneur to thriving entrepreneur. So pop over to truejoyexperience.com forward slash inner circle and join this exclusive society. I look forward to seeing you in there.